from the latest happenings on the diamond. Still getting on base a lot with walks. We have not seen the power um, as much as we have, but he's having really good at bat. To all the insight and expertise on things outside the ballpark. I mean, yeah, a charcuterie board is just like, you know, peak bougie. Let's just be honest, right? Like, if you really think about the concepts, like, you're just throwing some meat and cheese on a, on a plate. We only turn to one person. Batter up. It's Sophia Minnert on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group's exclusive best used car selection of over 600 of your favorite cars, trucks, and SUVs. Visit any of their eight locations or shop online at ewaldauto.com. Ewald Automotive, where we make it easy. for the Brew Crew last night, losing to the Cubs 8-7. Our friend and teammate, Sophia Minner from Valley Sports Wisconsin, was there. Sophia, how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing good. We're, we're all ready to finally come home. So oh, that's I great. Think we're all, all ready for this road trip to be over. And there's nothing like sleeping in your own bed. Like, again, I know you're staying nothing. in pretty fancy, nice hotels with the team and whatnot, but there's nothing like your own pillow and there's nothing like your own mattress. Amen to that. Okay. Yes, you yep. have nailed it. <laughs> Glad you agree with that. So obviously one of the big storylines following this team right now is that um, Craig Council is just, I think, three wins away last check of becoming the winningest manager in Brewers uh, franchise history. We were talking this morning about Matt LaFleur, and I'm wondering if there's like a parallel here because players for the Brewers, past and present, are so effusive in their praise for Craig Council, right? He is the quintessential players mm-hmm. coach, players manager, I suppose, in baseball. We're trying to figure out the dynamic of Matt LaFleur because part of me believes that this this uh, attendance issue he's having with voluntary OTAs goes back to the way he has chosen to manage and lead the team. He kind of defers to being a player's coach, a player's manager. He's not one of the guys who's going to drop the hammer and like get in a guy's face and you know embarrass him in front of the team. He, he oftentimes takes the shrapnel, takes the bullets when he's standing at the podium. So like... How has Craig Council been able to win and be the player's manager? Does he have times where he does then drop the hammer behind the scenes? Yeah, and it, but I think it's done in like a different way. I think I talked about this yesterday with Will B. and Tausch. Is I think with Craig, you know, like you said, first of all, I think the players have just the ultimate respect for him, and I think it starts with. You know, he was the player that, like, maximized his talent and put together this incredible career and had a great impact in in every organization that he went to. And obviously winning two World Series and being, you know, right in the middle of of helping these teams win these World Series. Um, And, you know, you heard from his former teammates, like, he was always kind of that coach on the bench. And so I think in his managerial time, it starts with his experience, right? He's experienced kind of everything that the game could present to you. So I think he manages and communicates to them with like a lot of empathy. I think it starts with a lot of empathy of he's been through everything that they've been through. Um, And I think he, he does the same for them off the field, right? With things going on with their families and as their personal lives change. And he kind of reminds us of that every year too, is, you know, Every year, even though the core may be the same, even though the pieces may look the same, the people are different, right? We're all at different places in our life. So he's always really mindful of that, of like, what is everyone's perspective? And so I, th- and I just think it's how he communicates with them as well. Like, he does empathize with them. He is extremely supportive, but he's also extremely competitive, and he has high expectations. 
and obviously these these players they need to perform on the field. So there's empathy, but there's also accountability there, and there are certain expectations of what he expects from them, and there are private conversations where he'll address things if, if it's not up to the expectations that he has. So let's talk about the job he's doing in the last couple of weeks, because when you look at the Brewers injury report, Sophia... <laughs> Hunter Renfro, <laughs> Willie Adamas. Um, you have uh, Brandon Woodruff on there. Obviously, not great news for Freddie Peralta either. Like these are some of the bigger names that were expected to be contributors, and yet here the Brewers sit after 50 games going into last night's game with the best record through 50 games in franchise history. How has he been able to keep it together despite some of these big time injuries? Yeah, like it's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot the last two weeks. Um, and you know that there are going to be stretches like this of the season. I think, you know, the Freddie Peralta injury is obviously the most impactful because that's going to be the longest one. Um, but, you know, you think about this road trip. This is a marathon of a trip. Um, it was, this was really kind of their most challenging stretch of the schedule with 18 games in 17 days. And then the first part of the trip, playing against the Padres and the Cardinals, at the start of this trip, the Brewers had only five games against teams with winning records. Well, the Padres and the Cardinals are two of the better teams in the National League. They were able to come away with a series win in San Diego and then a split in St. Louis. And right now they're sitting six and four on this trip. So it's been really, really good. And I think it's just a credit to their depth. And, and Craig does a great job, especially in stretches like this, right, that are really just marathon stretches of knowing, you know, obviously the matchups and, and putting guys in there on the right days and knowing when a guy needs a day off and knowing, okay, I can go to other players here, um, how he manages the bullpen to get guys through these stretches. I just think he just has like the wisdom and the experience, right? Like he's just, he's been through all of this before. And I think he's got such a good read on what his players need to help them get through this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at Billy Adamas and Hunter Renfro, they're the team leaders in home runs. Those 18 home runs right there that you've been missing on this road trip. Um, Tyro Taylor has had an absolutely monster week um, and just sort of put the team on his back offensively with those guys out. So it just it kind of takes everyone. <laughs> um, you have to do things like ask Devin Williams to pitch three straight games, which he's never done before, while you're missing Josh Hader. You have to ask Josh Hader to get two saves in one day. I mean, that's just. Everyone has to do something a little different, and, and Craig is really good at getting that out of guys. Sophia Minner from Bally Sports Wisconsin joining Jen Gabe and Chewy as she does each and every Wednesday during the baseball season. Sophia, you travel a lot, probably the most of all of us. Gabe just got back from Scotland, where his luggage never arrived. Never got there. Now, I know that when you travel on the team charter, you probably have a better chance of your stuff arriving, but have you ever lost your luggage when traveling independently of the team? I have I've had luggage be delayed, but I that situation sounds like an absolute nightmare to me. Um, I've never had luggage just never arrive. So I, I need to know what the outcome of the luggage now. Well, it's uh, it's still MIA, Sophia. So uh, luckily, my <gasps> what? Yeah, my golf clubs made it, which I mean, it was for a golf trip, so. Like, that was the important part for me. Okay, I have my golf clubs. So I had to buy some clothes while I was over over there. They told me to save receipts. Uh, They told me after I called them each and every day that I was over there that they were just going to ship it back to the States and that it would would likely be at my house and maybe even beat me home on Saturday. I wasn't there Saturday, holiday weekend. Figured I'd give them through yesterday. Still not there. So now i got to call them and try to see if I can ever find my stuff or if it's just forever gone. 
How is that even? I mean, wow! I have a lot of questions. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah, you know, we're <laughs> working not, I've it. never, I've never had that happen where it's like it just disappears. Well, I, I felt better about it until Ashton told me yesterday that like most luggage is found within 48 hours, and after that, it's. Who knows if it's ever going to happen. So considering we're, we sprinted past the 48-hour mark and we're now in double-digit days that my luggage has been missing, like, I'm not very hopeful right now that they actually have it or know where it is. Oh, my gosh. That's insanity. I what do you think the point of no return is, Sophia? Golf club What's the point of no return? Like, how many days do you have to go before it's like, okay, Gabe, you got to start mourning. you got to start grieving the luggage. It's not coming back. <laughs> Sophia, I've got like six you, pairs you, of colorful golf pants in there. Like I've got like a lot of my golf pants oh, no. in that luggage. Well, yeah, you packed for your golf trip, and like you probably brought like you know fun fun golf clothes. Absolutely, man. I really feel for you. Are you at like ten days? How many days are you at? Uh, so I left on May twentieth. Arrived over there on the twenty first. So it's been missing since the twenty first. Eleven days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I guess at two weeks, do we do like a post mortem on the luggage? Yeah, probably. I would continue to call though. I mean, I would continue to call the airline. Oh um, yeah, I'm gonna call them. Yeah, today. I mean, at two weeks, just oh, it's another great idea. I do feel for you. Two weeks after, oh, well, I would be here. No crap. Maybe we wait till I get back to do a funeral for your luggage. <laughs> you want to talk about songs getting stuck yeah. in your head? I have the KLM on hold music that was stuck in my head for a good portion of the trip I was oh, in Scotland. Oh gosh, on hold music, that can be very triggering. So when I call Disney Global Travel to book my travel for work, they always play Remember Me from Coco. Remember me, <laughs> though I have to say goodbye. And, and it plays over and over and over again. So every time my kids are watching that movie, I'm like, nope, I'm out, I'm out. I have to leave the room. <laughs> Uh, Sophia, Chewy texted us this morning at 6.03 a.m. He is off this week. It is his vacation. Does he love us? Um, he's either really missing you guys because he loves you so much, or he's texting you something to rub it in that he's <laughs> on vacation and you are not. Those are the only two outcomes. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, it might be a little bit of both here. I think it's a little bit oh, of both okay, from the big okay. guy. Okay, you're right. You're right, both. It yeah. could be both. I, I mean, you hang out with us as much as anybody option. you know. Oh, well, you have another option? You're just gonna He's bored out of his damn mind. Pee in our Cheerios this morning. <laughs> Why can't you just let me have this? He's bored. I don't, well, because I'm the punching bag for him, so I don't miss him, but, it, you know, he misses You want to tell Sophia what he said in that 603 text message? No, it was not, uh, it was not nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've brought up Ashton... Okay, we didn't bring him up. Sophia, you need to answer this for us. So we have, we need for our show to make sure we're prepared, we have a group text. You know, we're exchanging ideas. Hey, you know, you, you see something on Twitter, you see something on social media, you throw it in there. Maybe we can talk about this, talk about that, coming up with ideas for the show for the next day. Well, Ashton is not only a part of our group text, he's also a part of the Wildean Tausch group text. Which I was okay with him just monitoring the situation. He's got to deal with some technical back-end stuff from time to time for that show here in Milwaukee. But then he inserted himself into their conversation and is now in the middle of a 60... He's about to start today. For 60 consecutive days, he has to have a milkshake. He has to have a shake from some sort of fast food restaurant for the next 60 days. Which is great content, oh but he gave that content to Wildey and Tausch. Yesterday, Jen and I were upset 
do we have a right to be upset because Ashton is a hussy <laughs> and stepped out on us? Oh my god! Um, yeah, I, this this feels like traitor territory. I'm yep. sorry, Ash. Well, I'm sorry I... to go against hmm. you. Thank you. Here, the issue hmm. the issue Better here is not the participation in the group chat. I really don't have a problem with like being in the group chat. It's the giving of content to another show. Now I know it's like all you know GKB family and ESPN family, but. What, I mean, I feel like Chewy and Gabe and, and Jen maybe would want to participate in a 60-day milkshake challenge. Well, here's the thing. is I was asked a question. No, you know what? I'm not defending myself. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sophia just said that you were Benedict Rotman. No, that, I'm not going to put that on Sophia. Gabe said that very rude she thing. She basically sided with us uh, saying yes. you're Benedict my, Rotman. My point is, their producer, Jesse Nelson, asked a question in this group chat, and it was a food-related question. Whomst among us doesn't have strong opinions on food? So, of course, I was going to answer the question. And the problem is, Sophia, when I start to do something, if someone pressures me enough or just a little bit, I crumble. So that is how I'm now drinking 60 straight days of shakes before I die. I'm also very curious how this goes for you. <laughs> Why? Because you think the dairy is going to be an issue? Or you think, like, what? What, do you, what is your primary concern with Ashton doing 60 days of shakes? Right there. The 60. The number 60 yeah, is really amazing uh, to me. <laughs> I have a friend who's a doctor. Well, yeah. And uh, she said your body will reject 60 milkshakes in 60 days. And I want to know what that means. Because I've been dealing with rejection my whole life. So what really does that even mean? <laughs> it means Chucko. Be, is that what it means? any different? <laughs> exactly. So I'm fine. I can handle this. <laughs> Uh, Sophia, we appreciate you. Have a great day. We'll see you out at the ballpark. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.